was Valentine's Day recently. Yeah, it was. Can I just tell you, a long time ago, Bobby did this super amazing Valentine's Day. He got lights and confetti and roses and drew a really nice bath with special, like, soaps and everything. Wow. I know. And he made, we were obsessed with Jack Johnson, so he made heart-shaped banana pancakes. It was so romantic. He went all out. Totally. So the next year, I was like, uh, what are you doing this year? What 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 got going on? And he's like, uh, last year was pretty big, so I think that's got to last me a few years. When was that Valentine's Day, and has he done any since like then? 15 years ago. So this one Valentine's Day has lasted 15 years in yeah. his eyes. Yeah, we went to like a little hole-in-the-wall restaurant for some burgers at 11 a.m. this year. Well, things change when you have kids, like. Doing that takes effort and time and energy, and I'm just like, Bleh. So what did you do for Valentine's Day? Oh, nothing. You're listening to the Mother Effin' Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Let's be kind and rewind. <laughs> I used to work at a video rental store. For Be Kind Rewind? Be Kind Rewind. I miss Blockbuster. It wasn't a Blockbuster. It was called Hollywood Video, and I had to wear a tuxedo <gasps> shirt the yes. whole time. I remember Hollywood video. We had that chain too. That was my high school, one of my high school jobs. I worked at SeaWorld first and then I worked at Hollywood video because my friend Danny Lutman wanted me to work there. And so I did. And it was fun. Got free videos and it was fun. I enjoyed it. That first day on the job, we got robbed. Oh my God. That's (laughs) awful. It was crazy. They came in, took the DVDs. This is how long ago it was. There was only. Two small shelves of DVDs. <laughs> like everything else was VHS. That was Blockbuster he, employees doing this. What? It's totally Blockbuster coming in, like clear out all their DVDs. Grab them all. To, won't be able to. It was, and you had a, you had that spot where you had to rewind all of them. You had to open every single one up, see the title, see if the title was right, and then if it was rewound or not. And then if it wasn't rewound, you put it in the little remind, rewinder machine. I love those rewinder machines. I I ended up buying one for my family, thinking it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, they were expensive too. Yeah, they were not cheap. I my memory of video stores, the you know typical eighties childhood. My funniest thing is when I think about when I moved to San Francisco. There was like a video store on every block, like Starbucks. Some, yeah, and like sometimes more than one, and they would be like home of the dollar a day rental and I was like wow that's so cool and they had all the big blockbusters listed so you're like oh Titanic they got Titanic in it's just gonna be a dollar and they did but it was like a tiny little bookshelf of all the most current releases and the rest was just porn (laughs) so it was really just like a porn shot yeah I walked did they have it behind the curtain Oh, no, no. Like, basically, the new releases were behind a curtain. I remember walking into one, and, like, uh, I walked in, and it was such a huge store for San Francisco. I had never seen one so big. And it was just aisles marked like a Barnes & Noble with all the different categories of porn. And then I said, "Uh, I saw a sign for Titanic, and he pointed me to this sad little corner that was literally one bookshelf Filled with one copy of Titanic. And I was like, I'm not that interested anymore. I'm going to well, go. And that's not false advertising because they did have Titanic. If they were making a porn version of Titanic, would it be mm. called like tight Titanic. Titanic. Oh, that's Titanic. true. I was thinking like Ty-cock-ick or something. 
No. Good thing you don't name porns. Yes. I'm not very good at naming porns. I mean, if you're not going to have a talent, that's probably a talent not to have in reality. I remember this one creepy guy came every single Friday and got like 15 VHSs. And now that I do the math on that, I mean, he didn't leave his couch. Were they porn? Probably not. It was Titanic. (laughs) Did Hollywood Video have a porn section? No, it did not. Oh. I can't remember if Blockbuster did. All I know is that the day I left, Empire Records got damaged. Mm. And I still have it. Ah. It's a good movie. It was my favorite in high school. I don't think Hollywood video is going to be coming after you. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Titan dick. That's what it would have been. Well, yeah, I like Titanic. Titanic kind of works better. Uh, Titan, Titan dick. I mean, I now guess I'm it's a thinking sequel. like a Spartan person <laughs> with the dick. This, this has gotten really weird. Okay. And really, I was just trying to ask us to be kind and be rhymed. That didn't even sound right. Just be kind. I'm trying to teach my kids kindness. That's good. It sucks. It's hard. Because how do you teach it? Like, it's one of those abstract things. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you teach, besides, the only way you really can teach it is modeling. Yeah. So, well, we are doing this cool thing because we, you know, want our kids to be not as entitled little brats as they are. And so we're trying to teach them, like, kindness and gratitude and being grateful for what you have and that kind of stuff. So this year, we're doing a do and give year. So basically, we have 12 envelopes, and in each envelope um, has two envelopes of a do and a give. So every month, we're doing something as a family, whether it be horseback riding, bowling, kayaking, paddleboarding, like just something to do as a family. And then the other envelope is something we're going to give anonymously. So we gifted a Blaze gift card to our neighbors. We're going to, we gifted an In-N-Out gift card, and we're going to make cookies for our neighbors. Probably not so anonymously because I wouldn't eat cookies that were left <laughs> on my doorstep. But the idea is just to like we can do things without getting crap and that's love as well as give things and be generous and teaching them that kindness muscle, you know, yeah. trying to work that out. And so far it's been good. We like it. I mean, I don't think they've been any kinder to each other, which would be nice. But Seriously, I am trying to teach them kindness and it's been so difficult. They come back home and complain every day how... The kids are so mean. They got called a flexer. So a flexer. What's a flexer? A flexer is a kid who brags a lot about how good they are at things. They're flexing. Oh, we call it one upper. Yeah. Because Lexi will literally one up you with whatever you say. Yeah. I had eight grapes. I had nine. Yeah. Who yeah. the F cares how many grapes you ate? But it's like everything. She one ups. Yeah. And Tony is that to a T, just like his name. Uh, and he got really upset because he got called a flexor at school. And I said, but dude, you are a flexor. What do you, what do you want to do about that? And I said, why don't you just treat your friends and, you know, other classmates with a little bit of kindness? You get so rude and so mean right away. Like he has a temper problem that we're trying to work through. And he can't imagine how to live his life by walking away. And that's one of the problems. So Bella is an instigator. Ugh. And she gets bored. And her favorite thing to do is to make other people unhappy. That's, I don't even know what to say to that. My favorite, what's your pastime? What's your hobby? I like to make other people miserable. Like that's not something you want to say in an interview. Yeah. What is your skill set? Making other people hate their life. 
But she's good at it. She's very good at it. You found her gift. So, for instance, recently, I took my son to Boy Scouts, and he was there doing his little Boy Scout thing. And afterwards, I was having some words with the parent, just kind words, talking nicely. You know, do you need a favor? Can you do this for me? They, It's Bella's Girl Scout leader and her son that are in the Boy Scout troop. And Bella's not really doing Girl Scouts right now, but they needed, like, a backup person for a booth one night. So she's just asking me, you know, can this happen? And while we're talking and her son is sitting nicely in the car, Bella, because she's bored, takes Tony's shirt that's sitting in the back seat, not even touching her, not near her, and takes it and smacks him in the face with it. And then he proceeds to smack her back with it. Of course. And then it keeps going and escalating until we get to a point where Tony has run out of the car, is dry heaving. Bella is holding onto the side of the cars, the rails on the top, and whipping her head around back and forth, cackling like a banshee. Oh, my goodness. I was so embarrassed. Like, I'm going to be honest. My kids embarrass me all the time. And I know we're supposed to go, well, they're neurotypical. You know, they're not neurotypical kids. This is just what happens. Brain damage is embarrassing. Well, it's invisible. So then you're like, crap, all these people are thinking is that I'm a horrible parent. I can't keep my kid calm for five minutes while I try to have a normal conversation with an adult who only wants to ask me a quick question. Yeah. And if she was five, maybe I would give a little leeway. But she's 13 and Tony is 12 and they need to cut this shit out. And it's driving me But they don't get that all of it started with this one little Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, like that's what Lexi all the time, but sister, but sister did this and this and this. I'm like, go back all the way to the beginning of time. And it was you who instigated (laughs) everything. I know. We try to teach them the buck stops here. Like what is the one thing you could have done in the chain of events that would have stopped everything and focus on that? And usually the answer is just have been kind in the situation. Be a kind person. And our kids are not kind people and it sucks. Because I grew up in a family of kindness and people doing favors for each other or or things without anticipation or expectation of a return. Yeah, there was no keeping score. No. There was no. Oh, and they keep score. Yeah, love does not keep record. No. Is how we kind of grew up. And my mom's one of the most generous people ever. Like yeah. She's, so, yeah, that's how we grew up too. But for some odd reason, it's hard to carry that through. Like Yeah, and I... I don't want to sound like I'm bragging about myself all the time with kids, but I do try to point out every time someone has been kind and generous with us or every time that I have been kind and generous or Bobby has to somebody else or even the kids on that rare occasion, they do something kind and generous. I was doing that for a little while, but then it backfired because then Lexi would go, do you see mom? Did you see mom? I was kind. I was generous. Did you see? Did you see? Did you see? And it's like, what? Like, and that's one thing that Lexi has to do. She always has to have a compliment whenever her sister has a compliment. Yeah. So something happened and we gave Zandy a compliment. And Lexi goes, what about me? And I was like, you didn't even do it. Like, you, I can't compliment you on something you didn't even do. I, I think I said something about uh, Zandy being in her acting class. She mm-hmm. said, what about me? I'm like, you're not in acting class. How can I compliment <laughs> you when you're not even in the acting class? And so then Chris chimes in and goes, you're a great farter. <laughs> so now that's like the joke whenever we need to do like when Lexi's trying to one up a compliment we're like well you're a great farter yeah way to fart I think that a lot of these kids like mine had to compete for resources so they definitely are in this competition mode with each other and therefore often you can't single one out for doing something exceptional 
No, because they, they, it automatically triggers them not mm-hmm. feeling a self-worth. Yeah. And that makes sense that Tony would have this anger management thing. I mean, broken leg because of Gatorade, like, he, yeah. all he's had modeled is anger. Yeah. And then I feel crappy because I don't feel like I'm a good role model of keeping my cool yeah. and being kind in the moment. Like, they see me do it for everyone else, but probably not to them as much. Yeah, it's really hard to get across the idea of being nice when I'm really pissed off and I'm screaming, be fucking nice to each other. <laughs> fucking just be nice. You little shits. Be nice. Like, I don't know if that's really coming across yeah. his mind. It's like, oh, see, it always comes back to us. But we're doing yeah. great, but we're not doing great. But we're doing great. But are we? I just try to think about every day something I can do for somebody else that's going to make their life a little easier without any kind of expectation or just a hi or a hello. Like sometimes I'll just message my sister a funny picture or something because I know she has a rough life. Yeah. And or she's stressed about school and it's just something to be like, hey, I'm thinking about you because that's that's even in itself a nice gesture to know somebody's thought of me in this moment. I have to do those when I have really bad days, too. Like I feel like if I am so focused on me, then I'll be so sad that this is a life that I have. Like, all the... I was thinking about this in the shower yesterday. I'm a reversed onion. You know how you peel off the onions? <laughs> and I feel like as I've been growing in this parenting hood stuff, every layer... I feel like I'm a reversed onion. As I've been living my life, it's just like one layer after another gets layered on, and I'm just like, I'm tired. I am not a seven-layer bean dip. I just want to be queso. I just want to be cheese. (laughs) I just want to be cheese. I don't want to be so many layers. So sometimes when I do these other things, like kindness for other people, it makes me not think about me and that I can't go into that woe is me pity party that I tend to go to. Yeah. Because it makes me think bigger than them. And I'm trying to get the girls to think that. Like, it's not just you. It's your sister. And it's your brother. And it's your dad. And it's not just us. There's our neighbors in our world. Like, Mm -hmm. we can be bigger people. Yeah. I try to remind my children every day how insignificant and unimportant they are in the world. (laughs) (laughs) But really, it it is. Like, they'll fight over the most mundane thing. And I'm like, in the scope of the world right now, this is a first world problem. He took my book. Great. You can, one, read. Two, you have a book. Three, he has a place to take it. You're you're kind of winning in life over a lot of other people. Yeah. I realized without knowing that I was doing it the other day, I did a very kind thing for a friend of mine. I had to go to a convention and I needed a handler. So she, I said, do you want to come with me? I have a free ticket. Come with me and we'll ride. You can be my ride. I can get there on carpool. And... I, it turns out later she had been suffering from one of her depressive bouts and had kind of been locking herself up in her house and not really going out if she didn't have to. Yeah. And she loves comic conventions. So taking her to this comic convention got her outside and she's like, I'm having such a good day. We're in Long Beach. The sun is shining. I can smell the beach air. She's like, I'm having the best day I've had in a long time. And she's like, I just want to thank you for inviting me. Because I didn't realize how deep I was sitting in my depression until oh, just wow. this moment. And so it's those things, things you don't even realize that you do that can make somebody's life a little bit better. Yeah. And it's small, you know, yeah. like the, you said, the text or the phone call or the mm-hmm. inviting people places because you can just be together. Yeah. Because everyone wants community. 
I mean, I think I feel so alone in this FASD world half the time. And then I realized, oh, wait, your kid may not have FASD, but we're all going through motherhood the yeah. same. And we're all going through all this, that we're really not as alone as we think. You know who's been really kind to us? Who? Dev and Kim. Oh, my goodness. They are seriously some of the nicest people in the world. And nice doesn't even give it justice. Like, they seriously are the type of people that if you needed something, they would do whatever it took to make sure that need was taken care of. So for those of you who may recognize the name Dev, we thank him at the end of every episode. He and his wife own a company called Atlantis Oceanic Sound and Picture. And they have, since episode one, generously offered their studio to us, their secondary studio. And then in recent times, their primary studio. And have done it with just complete open arms and support for what we're doing. Complete support. To the point where they feel like they made this commitment to us, which they haven't. Yeah. Like, it's almost like they think that they're giving doing us a favor. When I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't understand. You're doing beyond the call of duty yes. to give us a favor. And just like paint you the picture of what kind of studio this is. Atlas Oceanic Sound and Picture has probably won about mm, 20 or so Emmys. Yeah, they're Actually, right there. probably more. They're right there on the shelf. Yeah, one, like three of them are literally yeah. 15 feet from us right now. Mm -hmm. um, Dev alone has won about 10. I know Mark Schmidt's won about 10. So it has to be over 20. I can't even add that so many of them. Yeah. Um, they have an amazing sound. So we are sitting in the cushiest uh, chairs imaginable. Mm -hmm. They have water. They have like everything you need. <laughs> they have water. Everything you need. Like right now we're in the room that's called the Vegas room and it has a full piano and has a full screen TV so that they can do their sound and editing and yeah. show clients and stuff. But it's like done to the T. It is. Like, and and they just offer it to us. Oh, yeah. You can have the Vegas room. It's totally open. You're like, what? Yeah. Like it's just Heather and I ranting about life and we can use this amazing studio. But all of their staff here are so friendly and so, hey, how you doing? What you, what's going on? I brought in some pastries today and fruit and they're like oh you didn't even have to do that you're so nice i'm like i'm nice you're nice you move our cars when they're like in the way and don't disturb us during our recording you're nice i'm just bringing you some food the least we can do is bring least. them some food yeah and coffee because everyone needs coffee that's true just to add to that they've done so much for chris and his dojo and whatnot like they have become good family friends and but they're the epitome. Like, they're who I want my kids to be. Yeah. You know, like, in a heartbeat, go, you need it, you got it. Yeah. What can I do? What do you need? You know, they're constantly just thinking about either Bourbon Krav or, like, even our podcast, which yeah. they have no, no, I mean, they didn't even have to listen if they don't want to. Like, they have no. And they do listen. Which is awesome. <laughs> they are also an adoptive family. So you hope to get them on one day? Yeah. So hopefully you hear Kim one day. She's. Going to be a little nervous about being behind the mic, but we'll get her. It's just, they're who I want my kids to be, yeah. you know, like in a heartbeat. Like when you think, oh, what are the Bowmans like? It's like, they're generous. Mm -hmm. They're kind. They're loving. Supportive. Yeah, they're that supportive. It's a good one. That's who I want. Yeah. I want to be like that. I do too. But I got these three kids. 
And uh, you know what's, I think, really weird is that becoming a parent, especially, and I don't know if it's just becoming a parent or becoming a parent to these three moronic special need kids I have, <laughs> I've become more selfish. I have wanted me time more. I have focused on me and my happiness and my self-being. And I know that's a healthy part of being able to be a good self-care. parent. Self-care. Self-care, but at the same time, I'm surprised how self-centered I've become because I thought I would be more focused on them and more focused on fucking room moms. Like, I thought I was going to be a room mom. <laughs> and then I got a list of the things that I needed to do and that the room mom put together. And I was like, this is bullshit. How much money do I need to give you so you get off my back? Like, can I'm I just a, give you a check? I'm a Ven mom. Just yeah. this Venmo, your money. Yeah. And we're good. How much money do you need? Great. That's it. I'm done. Don't talk to me anymore. And I'm sad about that because it's not what I anticipated. But at the same time, I'm going to die if I do any more for them. And I don't know if it's because they're non-typical kids or if it's because there's three. Because a lot of my friends who have three kids are like, it's crazy chaos. Like, yeah. we can't fit anything compared to the ones that have one. But even one, you're so tired. So I don't know if it's motherhood or if it's adoptive motherhood or it's special needs motherhood, but it's hard balancing. Because this feels yeah. like if I don't focus on my family, then I don't even know what happens because I haven't been able to focus on anybody <laughs> else. Because I know whenever I go out and like start thinking about the world, which I try to do here and there, I just feel like the family falls apart. I don't even know where I'm yeah. going with that. I just know that it's hard to do it all. That's what ends up going all the time is that it's hard to do it all. It's hard to yeah. be out in the world and give. And it's hard to just think about your family. And it's hard to do self-care in yourself. And it's hard to have a marriage. And it's hard to balance all those things yeah. and make it work. I'm glad that comedy turned out to be a good self-care. Because honestly, if I had found the comedy community to not be as kind and open as they are, I would have hightailed it out of there. Yeah, I think Flappers is a big part of that, though, because that Flappers is a definitely a supportive mm -hmm. community where I went to class with people. I see them on open mics. I, you know, befriended some of these more seasoned comics and they're willing to help you with punchlines. Yeah. And help you write. And they're willing to give you advice and talk like it's an amazing community to be part of. And even outside of Flappers, it's not a lot kinder than I anticipated. Yes. I mean, you do run across those jerky comedians but I have a feeling that those and they, and they predominantly are young but those young jerky comedians aren't going to go far in life well you can't be you have to be person of integrity and yeah to go somewhere I mean there were comedians that I felt they have a persona on stage as very standoffish and a little abrasive and they I talked to them after the show warm open Oh, I'd love to see your stuff. Oh, I would love to blah, 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 be on your show. Um, give me a call. Write me this, that, everything. Far more willing to create a relationship and talk one-on-one -on -one than, you know, than act as if you're something lesser than them. And I got to say, I think it's something to do with comedians in general. Mm -hmm. Because now that, the, that Zandy's taking these acting classes, I'm with these other parents. And I'm just like, you're weird. Yeah. And you're very like, look what she did. And blah, blah, blah. like, it's very more cutthroatish, even though it's kids. Yeah. Then I'm like, ooh, 
do I want to be part of this? Mm -hmm. Like it was interesting, but I don't feel that in the comedy world. I mean, I definitely realize the gender thing more than Mm -hmm. not. Like there are shows that are like one female or no females, but even the females really band together. They do. And you find a lot of the guys, it's not necessarily that they're trying to book an all male show. They, they want there to be females. I did have a Joe's cafe show this year that had, Nine females and one male. Awesome. I know. Like It was one of those things where I did not realize it until the night of the show. I went, oh, I've got one guy on this show and he's the host. This is a little weird. This is a little fun. But he was so good natured about it and he was such a good host and it was a great time. I just find it interesting that it seems to me the younger comedians are the ones who are more standoffish about the females. Which makes me even more worried about my kids. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to perpetuate that. You know, like, I, is it our generation of us being old that's kept the kindness alive? And is it going to die with this next generation of the kids that I'm raising? Because I don't want that to happen. Yeah. I know. Mean, I worry about social media. We found out that our kids' school, some kids started a fuck OCS Instagram page. Which was basically like an online slam book. Ooh. And we let the school know. And they supposedly have are in the steps of getting it shut down. But with the anonymity of social media, it's really easy to be cruel. It's a really easy to call out something without the ramifications yeah. of it all. And not that some things you need to take a stand in and, you know let your voice be heard but in other things it's just it's almost becomes this kind of addiction yeah to i need to be heard i need to be say something i yes. need to happen and then it's safe to do it on social media so there's some kind of adrenaline junkie happening my worry is none of my kids have social media Neither and it's I. not allowed so they are starting to accelerate this attitude of social media online in their day-to-day life like, Bella has gotten into fights where she'll be like, you're an ugly-ass bitch. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Well, she just made me upset, and I, I said it for... I'm like, why? Why would you ever say that? Well, then she choked me. It was fine. I'm like, what? <laughs> she retaliated all as well. It, and, but that's the thing. I feel like for whatever generation was after us that started with social media, they just do it all online, but now those lines are blurring. And they're becoming real life. And they're starting to act them out in real life. So you're no longer hiding behind the wall of your social media. Because now you have to become famous on social media, right? I know so many kids who have a YouTube page because they're trying to get famous. That's just weird. Yeah. So that line that used to be there where, okay, you say these mean things on social media because you can be anonymous. Now I'm going to say it and show you what a bad bitch I am. And I'm going to say it to your face. And I'm going to say it with my face exposed and my name out there. Because I'm tough. I'm hard. And that persona is being put into their day-to-day life. Uh, I just want to raise my kids to be good people. And it just scares me in this world. It's, it that is. That line is being blurred. And then they don't even have, uh, I don't what do we do? Let's lock them in a closet. <laughs> well, no, I wait. My, CPS would call it. I think my us. kids' parents already did that. Which is how they ended up the way they are a bit. <laughs> So that didn't work. Plan B. And you take them to church, and it's really hard to raise them Christian when Bella has a very valid question. 
why did God let me suffer for so long? That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But I can't force her to believe anything. One, because that's her. It's her belief system. But two, I'm not equipped to answer as best as she wants about that question. So how can she expect kindness in this world when she has been shown no kindness for nine years of her life? Yeah. Her brain has been ingrained to not even seek kindness or know what kindness Mm -hmm. looks like. So how do you rewire the brain? I want to go punch it. (laughs) Punch the brain? I don't know. I mean, that's a hard concept because even, I mean, I, I struggle with that with Jackson. Like he made Jackson perfect, but perfect is brain damage. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a hard one. That's where this faith comes in, and you can't force faith. Like you, that's a it's individual a thing. thing. Yeah. I don't know. I think we should just all eat chocolate. I wish to all of you mother effers out there this week is be kind to yourself, be kind to your kids, be kind to each other, and just know that we want to be kind back to you. Yeah, and rewind. Thank you to Atlas Oceanic. Sound and picture, again, for letting us use this space. It's amazing. Thank you to our husbands for always letting us meet up and and do this craziness and take the time out of our schedule to be doing our podcast. Thanks to the listeners for actually listening to our podcast. And be kind. Go out to the world and be kind. The Mother Effin' Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at mothereffinpodcast.com.